Hello, and welcome to the Self Love Talk Podcast. I am your host, Sharon D. Meadows. I'd like to share a little bit about myself in case you're wondering who you're listening to. I've told you my name, some things about me. I am a John Maxwell Team Certified Member. I am the published author of the Amazon bestseller, Journey to a New You. If you haven't heard about it, take a look and check it out. It's on Amazon. Look it up by Journey to a New You or by my name, Sharon D. Meadows. I am an international inspirational speaker as well as a transformative teacher. And if you allow me to, I will be your guide on this amazing and beautiful journey to self-love. Welcome and thank you for joining me today. I've been thinking about the topic for our talk today and what came to my mind was this. There's so many times I have felt like I wasn't good enough, like I just did not add up, like I wasn't enough. And so I want to talk about the feeling of not being good enough. So you're not good enough. Says who? That's what I want to talk about. Says who? Who has the right power and authority to say that someone else is not good enough? Says who? As I was preparing for the, I never prepare. Y'all, I prepared for today. I normally just speak from my heart, off the cuff, never scripted. Today's not scripted either, but I did think about it. I wanted to think about what I wanted to say for today. The journey to self-love has many layers, many levels. It's just not enough to say I love myself or I'm good enough or it's just not a, it's not enough to just do affirmations for this journey. This one right here takes some work. I mean, a lot of work. It's worth it though, but it takes a lot of work. So as I was preparing and reflecting and thinking about times in my life where I've not felt good enough, there was a situation that came to mind. It occurred in 1996. So yes, I'm telling my age, I've been here for over four decades. And I'm still fabulous. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But there was a situation that came to mind from 1996 where I was made to feel like I wasn't good enough. It was very painful. (laughs) Shook my world. But it was my reality. Somebody tried to, well... I'm not going to say they tried to make me feel like I wasn't good enough, but they didn't think I was good enough. So let me put it like that. But we're going to get to that part later. What I want to do is before I get to that part of the talk today, I want to share something with you that's going to help you, um, hopefully help you with overcoming when someone has tried to make you feel like you're not good enough and what it takes to overcome that. So, in 1995, I was a senior in college. It was my fall semester. September 1995, my father, rest his soul, he passed away at the age of 44 from a massive heart attack. It was not expected. It was sudden. It was a shock. And it was very traumatic. 
After it happened, when I went home, after I received notification, I went home immediately to my hometown where I lived in North Carolina to be with my family, to grieve and to to be there to um, go through this with my family. A couple of days well, after I was after I arrived in my hometown, after the funeral, um, I decided not to return back to the university where I was attending school at the University of North Carolina. I decided not to return back. I wanted to sit out for a semester, grieve, get myself together, and then I would go back in the springtime. Well, I can't remember how long I had been at home, maybe probably two weeks, I don't remember. Um, But I received a call from one of my professors at the university. He was from Ghana, very nice gentleman. Just an awesome, awesome professor. And he reached out to me and he said, I've noticed you've not been attending class. And I said, correct. He said, I know your father passed away. I said, yes. He said, well, why haven't you come back to school yet? Have you had the funeral? I said, yes, we've had the funeral. So why are you not back in school? I said, this is very traumatic for me. I need some time. His name was Dr. Kwasi. Dr. Kwasi said to me, Sharon, please, you have so much potential. Please come back tomorrow. I said, Dr. Kwasi, I'm going to come back, just not right now. I'm going to come back in the spring. I promise you I will. He said, no, no. I've seen this over and over and over and over and over again. If you don't come back tomorrow, you're never coming back, and you're never going to graduate, and you have too much potential here to not see it through. He said, I see something in you, and I want you to come back tomorrow, please. Friends, my professor was begging and pleading with me on the telephone to come back to the university tomorrow. He said he knew for a fact if I did not, I was never going to return and I was never going to graduate. He said it was always going to be something, one thing after the next. It was going to be, I need to get a job or I need to do this or I need to pay this off. He said there was always going to be something that was going to pop up in my life that was going to prevent me from returning back to school to complete my degree. So here's what he offered me. He said, if you come back tomorrow, you. I would have spoken to all of your professors. I would have made arrangements with all of them to help you to get back on track, to make up the time that you've missed, to make up for any exams that you have not been able to take while you were out. I will make sure that every single professor works with you to get you back on schedule so that you can graduate in the spring. And then he said, do I have your word? Will you return tomorrow? Because if it's not tomorrow, it's never. So as I were pulling up to the university the next day, (laughs) because I was heavy, right? (laughs) He said he's seen it numerous times before. As I were pulling up to the university, the first person that I went to go meet with was Dr. Kwasi. And we sat down and we had a conversation. 
he was smiling. He was proud that I had, um, that I was there, that I had decided to come back. And he was, he had kept his word. He had met with all of my professors. He was giving me an update on what, what everyone said, how they were going to help me, what things were going to look like going forward. And then he said to me, I understand what you're going through. And I applaud you even attempting to come back based on what you're dealing with. He said, and we're going to work with you. But what I suggest that you do is take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Go slow. Go slow. Go very slow. We got time. We're going to work with you. He said, and as you're grieving the loss of your father, don't just try to jump back into school right away. Don't just try to jump all the way in. Because he said, you're here. That's the first step. We'll take the, step, the, the next step or the second step later. But the first step was just to get you back. So he made a suggestion to me. He said, there's a couple of companies interviewing here on campus right now. I suggest that you go interview with company XYZ. Now, I'm not doing promos today, friends, so I'm not going to name the company. But it was a very large um, banking institution. So he made the suggestion that I go interview with them. Well, I did. I went and interviewed with them. I signed up to interview with them on campus. They were um, looking for recent, you know, upcoming graduates to go into their program in the summertime. It was a software engineering trainee program. So they were looking for um, up to 10 students that could graduate and enter into this program. And they were going around the globe interviewing selecting students so they were on my campus so I did the interview and I thought it went great (laughs) I thought it went great I, I can remember it today I thought this interview went outstanding but you won't believe what happened stay with me I'm gonna pause for a moment um just to take a a, a small, quick moment to reflect so that I can come back and share with you what happened um, after the interview. Stay with me. Don't leave. We're going to talk about it in a few seconds. Thank you for staying with me. I know you're ready to hear what happened after that interview. I got called back in from the career counselor's office. That's where we signed up um, for the interview process. And the career counselor said to me, they want to interview you at the corporate headquarters for a a second interview. She said, this is awesome. You made it to the second round. And she told me there were only, I don't know, maybe two or three students from my university that were selected for the second round. So she was telling me I did a great job. This is awesome. This is amazing. You made it. Um, you know, you know, just go in there and do whatever you did at the first interview and everything's, you know, this is going to work out for you. It should work out for you, rather. She didn't know if it was going to or not. She was just encouraging me. Well, I got, I received the information from when, for when the interview was going to be. 
and I arrived to the corporate headquarters and I checked in and let them know I was there for my interview and I was told that I was going to have to interview with about seven or eight of the managers. It was a large group, seven or eight managers um, and it was going to be like a round robin. I was going to go not all at the same time. I was going to go from one manager's office to the next and they were going to give me instruction on who I was going to meet with next. And they also had other students um, from other universities. So although they only selected a, a select number of students from my university, they had gone to other universities and other places and other states. And so there were other students there from other you know, cities and states that were interviewing um, that I crossed paths with while we were going through this process. So when I arrive, I check in, I get all the information, and I receive a folder and it has in it the notes from the first interview. Now, I want to say, I can't remember the dates, but some time had passed. So it wasn't like it was one week I had the first interview and then the second week was the second interview. No, no. It was several weeks, maybe even months had gone by. Because we weren't going to start working until after graduation. So it wasn't a rush to get us in. So I remember, I can recall some time passing. And... I get the folder with the information in it that I'm supposed to give to the first manager and then they're gonna they're gonna read what's in there and then they're gonna update the folder with their notes and then it goes on to the next manager that I'm interviewing with and then they're gonna get together at the end tally up all the notes and the details and then they're they're gonna figure out who are the happy uh, individuals lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it, individuals that are going to come on board and start in this software engineering training program. So I get the folder. I'm proceeding to go to the building where all the managers are, but I have to ride on the trolley. So I had to ride on a trolley to get there from the main building. So I'm riding on the trolley, and I don't know why this happened or what happened, but somehow that folder popped open. I don't remember if I opened it, if it flew open. I don't, I honestly don't remember. But all I know is the folder opened and right there in front of me, before my very eyes, were the words, this one is a maybe, question mark. This one is a maybe, question mark. This one is a maybe, question mark. I saw it and my heart sank. That interview on campus that I thought was so amazing and so outstanding. He said I was a maybe with a question mark. <laughs> he said a maybe. Not a maybe exclamation mark. A maybe question mark. He's even questioning the maybe. He didn't think I was good enough. Wow. So I saw that. I saw that the words, this one is a maybe question mark. And I closed the folder very quickly. And I said, I, I was like gasping for air. I wish I hadn't seen it. I wish I hadn't opened it. I wish it hadn't flown open. I don't even know how it got open. But I just wish I had not seen that. So now I'm crushed and I'm defeated already. And I'm still on the trolley. I haven't even arrived to the building yet and now I'm just like oh my god he said I was a maybe question mark 
thinks I'm not good enough. And now I think I'm not good enough. So I go into the first interview and I'm already defeated. I'm already, I've already given up. I've already thrown in the towel. I've already put my hands up. I've already waved the white flag. The man said I'm a maybe question mark. Who am I to think that I'm 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 a <laughs> who am I to think that I'm more than what he observed of me? I go into the first interview. I'm defeated. I'm just there. And the first person is talking to me. All of a sudden things pick up. And then it was very personable. And they're talking, we're communicating, and then we start laughing. And then they were asking me some things about school and the program I was in at school. And, and then I move on to the next interview. And the next one. And it's the same thing. Everybody's loving me. And then the fourth one, and the fifth one, then the sixth one, and the seventh one. And I forgot all about, I honestly forgot all about this one is a maybe question mark. I forgot all about it. I forgot all about it. By the time I finished that day, I didn't care if I got the job or not. I didn't care if anybody saw this one is a question mark. I mean, this one is a maybe question mark. I didn't. I don't even know if they looked at it. I, I don't know if they looked at it or if they just judged me on what they saw. I don't know what the hell happened. But here's what I do know. I received the offer. I accepted it. And I began work approximately one month after I graduated that spring semester. And not only that, the first day that I arrived for work, I received a new offer letter. They extended the offer um, prior to me graduating. And this was 1996. Computers, IT was hot back then. It was growing rapidly. They made a new offer on my first day. I received an increase in pay, several hundred, uh, 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 several hundreds of thousands. No, no, in my dreams, several thousands. <laughs> several thousands added on top of what they offered me initially. That was my subconscious speaking there of what I was hoping I would have gotten. But anyway, the reality is I received a nice pay increase on the first day. Um, Because what they told us is that now we're worth more because when they made the offer initially, um, things have changed in the market. So now we're worth more money, and if they don't extend the money to us, we're just going to go somewhere else and find it. So I went from being, this one is a maybe question mark, to you're worth more than that. Not only did they say I was worth worth more than that, they showed me I was worth more than that by putting their money where their mouth was. So what do y'all think about that? Somebody questioned if I was good enough to be on the team. And then someone else came behind them and said, you're worth more to the team than what we thought. Isn't that something? So now let's tie that into our journey. 
many times has someone made you feel like you're not enough? You're not good enough. You're a maybe. Maybe I'll date you. Maybe I'll see where things go. Maybe I'll hire you. Maybe I'll wait and see if we can get something better. Maybe, maybe I'll hang out with you this weekend. Or maybe I'll wait to see if I get a better offer. How many times has someone tried to make you feel lesser than? How many times has someone succeeded in making you feel lesser than? How many times has someone tried to make you feel like you're not good enough? How many times because of that did you not feel good enough? Let me tell y'all something. The first gentleman that interviewed me, he made an assessment and an observation and he said maybe, question mark. And then some other people came behind him and said yes exclamation mark and then some other people came behind them and said dollar sign how about that (laughs) you see where I'm going with this here's the moral of the story don't never ever let anyone tell you make you feel like or make you think or believe that you are not good enough you know who you are you know what you bring to the table You stick with that. You stand by it. If they act like you are maybe question mark, that's fine. Because that day that I saw that, I gave up. I was like, no need in trying. But because other people thought that I was good enough, I didn't even have to try. I didn't have to do anything other than be myself. Let me repeat that. I won that day. And I didn't have to put on a show. And I didn't have to try to be something that I wasn't. And I didn't have to try to convince anybody of anything. I simply, because I was defeated, I just said, I'm going to go ahead and be myself. Period. And that was enough. Being yourself is enough. And if someone does not see that, good day. And bid them a farewell. And move along. Keep it moving. But don't ever, ever do what I did. I gave away my power. Now, I still got the job, but I was defeated walking in. I went in defeated. Don't ever allow anyone to make you or cause you to feel defeated because they treated you or made you think that you were not good enough. Stand in your power. Know who you are. Believe who you are. Trust who you are. Stand in it. Walk in it. Be you. And don't let anyone else take that from you. There's only one of you. There's no one else that can duplicate you. There's no one else that can compete with you. There's no one else that can copy you. You are a unique individual. With unique gifts. With unique talents. With your unique awesomeness. And no one, and I mean no one, can take that away from you. Friends, I thank you for joining me. We're going to talk more about being in your power, standing in your power, and walking in your power on the next episode. I am your host, Sharon D. Meadows. Thank you for joining me once again, and I'll see you soon.